Hey moms, welcome to the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda. I've been married to Daryl for 32 years. We have eight kids and eight grandkids, and we've been homeschooling for over 26 years. I'm really grateful that you're here today. Uh, This is another episode in a series that I've been doing where I share a bit of truth and the simple, unhurried Word of God. And so before we dive into that, I would encourage you to check out my devotional, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. This devotional was written specifically for moms and very specifically for homeschool moms. You can find it on Amazon and you can also find it at my website, DorendaWilson.com. If you're looking for a way to be in the Word regularly, but uh, for a, a time that works for you as a busy mom, we know that being in the Word is important and we need to be in it on a regular basis, but sometimes there are seasons of motherhood where it's very difficult to dive into deep Bible studies and things like that and or to commit to something like that. But God knows. He knows the season that we're in. And so this particular devotional, I think, is a really great uh, fit for a mom who is sort of in that season. Um, So I would encourage you to check it out, Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart. And then also, don't forget about The 4-Hour School Day. That is a book on how you and your kids can thrive in the homeschool life. This is based on my 25 years of experience homeschooling our eight kids. And I talk a lot about what our life looked like, um, but also a lot of the whys about education and what is it really and why are we educating our kids and what are we educating them for and just to kind of help you step back and look at the bigger picture Um, because I think it helps if we uh, sort of expand our view a little bit of what it is we're really trying to do as we raise and educate our kids. I mentioned before that this is another episode in a series that I've been doing where I share a bit of truth and the simple, unhurried word of God. The purpose is to give you a tool that helps you and your family to meditate on God's word. You can listen as soon as you get up. uh, You can do it before bed if you're feeling anxious or during quiet time with the kids or if you're having a hard time sleeping whatever works for your family. I like to share some simple truths before we dive into the main topic verses, and I'm trying to do it in a way that is easy for the kids to understand as well. You know, sometimes it's hard to slow down. I know I love to be productive, but meditating on God's word actually is productive in the most important way. We know from Hebrews 4.12, That the word of God is living and active and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. So God's word gives us discernment. It gives us discernment because it is truth. Now, truth can be hard to come by these days, and it's a comfort to know that we have God's word as an anchor for our souls. We also know that God's word always produces something. Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11. The rain 
and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. This is God speaking. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Meditating on God's word is important. Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Isaiah 26.3 says, you will keep in perfect peace whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. So the author, Isaiah, is speaking to God. I'm going to read this again. He's speaking to God saying, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Another version says, uh, translation of the Bible says, you will keep in perfect peace Uh, those whose minds are stayed on you. So keeping our minds and our focus on God makes us steadfast, or as we steadfastly keep our focus on him, we end up in perfect peace because we're trusting in God. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Sometimes it's hard to know if something is really good or true, but we always know that God's word is good and true. So we can confidently meditate on it knowing it is only good and true. Today, we're going to read through some verses on complaining and then some verses on thankfulness. Did you know that God hates complaining? He hates it because it doesn't honor him. He also hates it because it's not good for us. Philippians 2.14 says, Do all things without grumbling or complaining. James 5.9 says, Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. 1 Peter 4.9 says, Show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Exodus 16, 8 says, And Moses said, so this is Moses talking to the people of Israel. He said, When the Lord gives you in the evening meat to eat and in the morning bread to the full, because the Lord has heard your grumbling, that you grumble against him, what are we? Who are we? Your grumbling is not against us, but against the Lord. 
people of Israel were complaining to Moses and Aaron about what God was providing. But Moses pointed them back to the Lord and said, your grumbling is not against us, but it is against God. So we may grumble against other people, but we are actually grumbling against God. Numbers 11, verse 1. And the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled. And the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. You hear from that verse that God does really not like complaining. Psalm 106 verse 25 says, They murmured in their tents, again talking about the Israelites, and did not obey the voice of the Lord. This was not a good thing. Philippians 2 verses 14 through 16 says this, Do all things without grumbling or complaining that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. The author is calling us believers to do things without grumbling and without complaining that we would be blameless and innocent and blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. We see people all around us complaining all the time, nonstop. If we as believers are complaining, how are we different than the world? How will anyone know that we love the Lord and trust the Lord if we are complaining? Philippians 2 verses 12 through 16 says this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we hear there that God is sovereign. And he goes on to say, again, do all things without grumbling or complaining. Again, that's the same verse in context. Um, So clearly, God is wanting us to stay away from complaining. You can tell from those verses that he does not like it. He is a good God who loves his people and he takes care of them. But sometimes we forget to look where we see God working and we begin to only see where we think he isn't working or where we think he isn't taking care of us. When we focus on this, we are setting our minds on a lie from the enemy. Instead, we need to be courageous and faithful to believe what is true about God. We know he is sovereign, so nothing touches us that doesn't pass through his hands first. We know he is good. We have so much to be thankful for. When we complain, not only does it not honor God, it isn't good for us either. And like I mentioned before, that's another reason God hates us, hates it. He wants what's best for us. Did you know that complaining can rewire our brains so that after a while it is nearly impossible to have a positive or thankful thought? We have to work extra hard at it because we're so our brains are so used to thinking about negative thoughts and complaints. 
our thoughts and words affect our health. And complaining can actually make our bodies less able to fight off sicknesses. Not only does complaining affect us in a negative way, but it also affects the people around us. And God tells us in his word that we are to be thinking about those around us. We are to be treating others the way we want to be treated. I don't want to be listening to somebody who's complaining constantly. Neither does anyone else. Since um, we have heard about Jesus and have learned, oh, this is why God wants us to stay away from complaining. He wants us to put off our our sinful nature and put on the new nature that he gave us. The scriptures say, since you have heard about Jesus and have heard, learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So for everything that God tells us not to do, he gives us something to do. It's like taking off one shirt and putting on another. So we want to take off complaining and we want to put on thankfulness, which is the remedy for complaining. So let's... Look at some verses on thankfulness. Listen up. 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you want to know what God wants you to do? It says right there, His will is that we give thanks in all circumstances. We can do this because we know God is sovereign and he is good. And if you didn't listen to those uh, episodes, go back and listen to those, or maybe you forgot them. Go back and listen to the simple unhurried word of God where I talk about he is sovereign and the other one that I talk about where he is good. Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure and lovely and commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Psalm 100 verses 4 and 5 says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness to all generations. First Chronicles 16, 8. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. The author here is telling us to tell other people about how good God is. It's very different than complaining, isn't it? Second Chronicles 3 and 4. I think I forgot the chapter, but here you go anyway. <laughs> All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground. And they worshiped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, Truly, He is good. Truly, His loving kindness is everlasting. 
And then in Ezra 3, verses 10 and 11, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of the King David of Israel. They sang, praising and giving thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Psalm sixty-eight, nineteen: Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burdens the God who is our salvation. Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken... Let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. Psalm 31 verses 7 and 8. I will rejoice and be glad in your loving kindness because you have seen my affliction. You have known the troubles of my soul and you have not given me over to the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a large place. Psalm 44, verses 6 through 8. For I will not trust in my bow, nor will my sword save me. But you have saved us from our adversaries. You have put to shame those who hate us. In God, we have boasted all day long. And we will give thanks to your name forever. Psalm 136, verses 1 and 2. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the God of gods, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His loving kindness is everlasting. Psalm 138, verses 1 through 5. I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to you before the gods. I will bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word according to all your name. On the day I called, you answered me. You made me bold with strength in my soul. Philippians 4, verses 4 through 6. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Colossians 4.2 Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert with an attitude of thanksgiving. 1 Timothy 2.1 First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. 2 Corinthians 9.15 Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. And finally, Colossians 3, verses 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do, in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you that your love for us is everlasting and that your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Thank you that your divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. 2 Peter 1. Thank you for always wanting what is best for us. Thank you for giving your son so that we can be in relationship with you, having none of our sins counted against us, but instead being able to claim the righteousness of Jesus as our own. Thank you that we can come to you for everything and that when we pray, you bend down to listen. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.